On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we start the episode off just me and Hughes talking some football, bringing it back to our days in Richmond. But halfway through the episode, we get our insider Coulter who joins us to make our picks as well. Some intriguing games this week, a ton of home dogs. I think the number is like nine home dogs. Something to look at, something to play maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Plus, it's the most exciting week three game for New York Giants fans in a long, long time. The Giants are playing the Cowboys on Monday night with a chance to go 3-0 and put a lead behind them and the Cowboys. A lot happening here, including a divisional Thursday night matchup that we talk about. So stay tuned for episode 127 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent all right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host for the evening. Joining me tonight on a two-man weave, our Patriots expert, living in Philly, Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud? What's going on, man? It's good to be uh, good to be here with you tonight. Uh, it's you know it's that time of year where we're starting to learn a little bit more about these teams, but we're also in the super overreaction zone. So this past weekend was an interesting one with um, you know some I think some clear really good teams, um, and then some teams that I don't know they're just kind of pesky. So I'm excited to talk about uh, this week's games. A lot of tight lines, a lot of tight lines, a lot of home dogs this week. A lot of weird stuff. Let's go back though. Let's look at week two. And games, some good games, some crazy comebacks. Before, yeah. though, before we get into this, though, let me just give you a little personal anecdote here because something happened in our league that has never happened to me in the history of this league. Okay. I know you're in here now. It's about your year four, maybe something like that, three, four around there. Two, I think. I think last Two. year was my first year. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's wild. Okay. So I've been doing this about 10 years. I've had some success. I've won it all. I've won some weeks. I've also had some terrible weeks. But a first happened to me, Bill. A first. What do you got? I, I lost the Thursday night game and every single 1 o'clock game. By the time the 4 o'clock games kicked, I had zero wins on the board. I mean, I don't know if that's possible to do. If you tried to lose every game, you couldn't do it. Dude, that is that is pretty incredible. But I do think like in I, I had a similar sort of kind of week uh, where it did seem like I like I had an, like some good stretches of uh, feeling like I knew what was going on. But I mean, that's just the unpredictability of it. It's like it's incredible how I mean, even like with like the Cleveland game as, as a great example, like once you knew that that game wasn't covering, like it's still like how many like survivors does that nuke? And what yep. was one of the weirdest games and endings and what a lot of people are saying about Chubb and that if he had gone down <laughs> instead of scoring the touchdown, they win that game. Like there's just some weird stuff. So that is pretty crazy. But at the same time, it was a weird week, weird, weird week. I'm glad you brought that game up. Our friends of the pod, Tamby, big diehard Jets fan. 
and our other buddy Gordo, who you've met, who've been on the pod yeah, before. Gordo. Gordo's a Browns fan, and because the Browns and the Jets typically suck every year, they end up playing by accident. Not you know, by accident, but like, you know, the last place teams yeah. usually play each other. So they've been going to the Jets Browns game, basically home and home, wherever the game is, they'll they'll go together. And they were at that game, and Pamby said it was the greatest experience he's ever had at a football experience because they're they're down 13 points with a minute 55 or whatever it is to go. There's no way you're winning that game. And no. just the craziest shit happens. And I'm glad you brought up the Chubb thing. I mean, come on. You can't say if he goes down, they win the game. Yes, that's true. But come <laughs> on. It's fucking football. You have 13 points. You got to fucking close that game out. I agree. And I feel like there was another scenario where that didn't happen. Um, and I felt like a guy went down. Oh, I think it was in the Pats. Like, I was like, get the first down. Score a touchdown. Like, take the points or the yards. Don't be so worried about sliding and being a hero. Like, I, I totally agree. Always take the points. Always take the points. Always take the points. But at the end of the day, I think this is going to be on the conservative coaches reel uh, of America for the next 50 years as they try and convince coaches that, see, you don't want your guys going into the end zone and showboating and having a good time for their fantasy owners. You know, whatever. <laughs> you want them going down and taking a, taking a knee so we can knee it out. And the... But the probability of them winning was so low. I don't know. It was it's so just, low, especially against Joe Flacco. I mean, what is this? 2007, like 2008 uh, Flacco. This is ridiculous. We saw some flashes with the Jets though. I mean, I think, you know, if, uh, for the Pambi uh, and Jets fans, and Jets nation out there. I mean, I think you saw what some of their skill players can do. Uh, two rookies. I thought Hall played well. Wilson obviously played well. Uh, I think you're starting to see some of the things that they've started to build around the quarterback position. And if Joe Flacco can do it, I sure as hell hope that their fucking golden boy can do it. And when he comes back from his banged up knee or whatever happened to him, because I do think like there were some times out there, either the Browns packed it in. Cause I don't think the Browns defense, I mean, the def- they hang their hat the defense right now is good, yeah. on running the ball and, and playing D because they, you know, obviously they got Jacoby Brissett, but uh, special teams, man, we see saw special teams in a lot of games pop up. It's still been a little ugly uh, as we've gotten into it, but I think we had a kickoff return for a touchdown to start the Ravens game. Uh, that was another crazy game. Yeah, about a f- yeah, we'll get there. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. So I mean, it was it was wild. But uh, Jets fans, I'd be playfully optimistic at this point. Yeah, I think they're actually going to set up for a decent season. I'm not saying like playoffs here, but like I, I think that shit same old Jets is going to be gone. They've got just too many skill players. But you're right. I, the pressure's got to be on Zach Wilson now because last year we saw Mike White that game where he fucking went off. Yep. Now we're seeing Flacco go off, and they got too many talented skill position guys yeah. to not have that kind of success. And like, if Flacco can do it, then your 24, 23 year old number two pick yeah. quarterback needs to be able to do it. Yeah. No, what a number one exit velo, whatever the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Make yeah. Jets fans get excited in the preseason. No, I agree. Come I on. think they've got it. They've got to show up. And, uh, you know, did, if they're good, I mean, are the Giants also possibly good? And do we have a return of two competitive football teams in the great city of New York? I'm so glad. Teams? I'm so glad you brought this up, Bill. Oh, boy. 2-0. Oh, you got to get your chance. Get your shine. Get your shine. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you know what? I saw some great things from the team. I just – they're – their defense, let me tell you what, I love what mm. I'm seeing from Wink Martindale's defense. Yeah. What they did, and then there's, let's, let's not forget, Kayvon Thibodeau, not playing yep. right now. Aziz yep. Ojolari, not playing right now. 
But what they did is they used seven defensive backs, like majority of the game, which I'm, I mean, I'm sure teams do that. I can't remember seeing a team run out seven D backs that often. Yeah. And they used yep. Xavier McKinney kind of in this like Rover role. Like he was playing linebacker. Yep. He actually was up on the line and, and you know, I mean, it's not even a blitz the way they used to be just fucking rushed the quarterback. Right. And then he dropped back. Of course, they were, they're mixing things up and I don't want to get too excited again. This is like I did last yeah. week. No, the Panthers, listen, the Panthers are not, they're not knocking down doors and it's Ben McAdoo's yeah. offense. So we'll see what happens yeah. against some real offenses. And it's, it's a hard spot to be in right now, Phil. Cause let me tell you what we're playing against Cooper rush on Monday night. Cooper I don't rush think on Monday night. I don't need to be nervous. I know they beat the Bengals. I know their defense is still nasty, but it's Cooper rush. And I know Coulter is part of his fan club and built him up last week, but I mean, three and is realistic here, right? Yeah. I mean, it certainly is. I think, it's funny. Uh, I want to give a shout out to another former uh, New York football giant, Phil Sims, who was getting barbecued all week for saying there wasn't going to be much of a drop off from Dak to Cooper Rush. And there was definitely a drop off. But that being said, I do think he played competitively, but I can't imagine that this they're not that good of a team. I, I don't no. care what anybody says. They're not well coached. They're not disciplined. Their offensive line is a shell of what it used to be. I think. I think the thing that came out of that game for me, and we don't need to get into this. There's only the two of us. So we can obviously cover a little bit more <laughs> of last week because we got less picks, but uh, I, I think the Bengals might stink. Like, yes. I don't know what is going on with the Bengals. I don't know if this is like the anyways, losing a Super Bowl usually does lead to just a dog shit year. So that is one thing that exists, but like, damn, like these guys didn't even really come to play. And, I'll give the Cowboys a lot of credit. I think they, they put Cooper rush in a good spot to, to do, make the plays that he needed to make. Um, Burrow still had a chance to win it. Obviously it went to OT. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, OT, yeah. I, I still like, I don't, I think, I think you got a great chance to answer the first question to go three and zero because I don't think this Cowboys team is going to play that well. Uh, and I also don't think the giants are going to sleep on them. Like what's I think the Bengals either thought that this game was in hand after they 100%. went through a obviously did very difficult loss. How shitty is this back-to-back OT games to start the season? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's brutal. Um, and all lost both of them and lose uh, both. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, I mean, it's, it, they've got to be in a weird spot. I mean, but I do think giants Monday night and if that defense continues to swarm, I'm just surprised too, that the, uh, Panthers couldn't mount anything better on the ground given kind of what, what wink was thrown at him. But uh, I think they've got the worst coach. And I honestly think now that he's trying to get hard. I'm convinced yeah. he wants that Nebraska job. Nebraska. So I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, this it's was, just, this it's awful. They're, they're like, I know you talk about the Cowboys being undisciplined. They were undisciplined too. They're getting terrible penalties. Awful. The plays awful. were coming in super late. Like, I mean, it's, it's a shitty spot for Baker in, but like he had no command of that offense. And then the offense, the scheme is McAdoo's scheme. Like that thing is, Dude. it's a joke. It's a joke. It is. And I mean, it's just not good. Like I, yeah. and you'd think that they would be better at this point, obviously it's for Baker's first year there, but, um, but yeah, the McAdoo thing is not going to work. They got to make a move. Uh, I think, I do think the coach gets fired. I think that's a great, by the way, uh, for ga- gambling out there. I think first coach fired. I think there's a real chance. Matt rules the first guy gone. Um, yeah. this team has to do something like the, the, they have to show up and they just don't like, Oh, it's just not a very good team. So 
yeah. But yeah, I like I like the G Men's chance, baby. It could be fun, dude. So I, you know, I saw a schedule come out. I'm like, all right, we have one primetime game. It's this Monday night game against the Cowboys, which historically has not worked out well for us. We always fucking get smoked by them on on primetime games. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, there's hype. They're calling all for a whiteout. I don't know if you've heard this. No, they're calling for a whiteout for the fans. So they're asking all the fans that are coming wear white because they're wearing the throwback white. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rush. Gonna be fired. Oh man, the place yeah. is going to be on fire. And we got a chance to win. I feel like it's going to be rocking. And that was something too against the Panthers. You heard the crowd noise for the first time in years. Yeah, play yep. a factor in that game. And crazy me, I'm sitting here in Virginia looking at some tickets that are pretty affordable. It's a three hour drive, three and a half maybe. But yeah. the problem is it's Monday night, so the game ends at fucking right thirty. I'm not getting back here till like three thirty. <sighs> yeah, not ruling it out right yeah that that'd be fun um at the same time yeah that is that's definitely a haul uh we did you know it can be done though i think i mean i think they got a great shot at it i think i think dimes has looked pretty good i think there were some chance times in the last game where you know you still see some flashes of old dan when he just kind of wants to let it go to the defender but i think he's been doing better of holding it back and obviously barkley's been healthy and good um yeah, man. Uh, Tony, uh, he's got to play more. He's got to be healthy. Yeah, he's he is. Field, yeah. I know. I know. You guys got some weapons. But yeah, I think that's going to be a fun one. And um, I mean, I think, you know, another possible thing is, and I obviously have to hit on this, is like, I thought the Pats had a nice bounce back win. I don't know if they're good. I know they're not bad. And I think <laughs> that that's going to be an interesting place for them to be all year because, like, again, the Ravens could come out. And obviously they've got to be a little beat stung from that game, their game against Miami. Um, maybe they, you know, maybe the Pats can get the two and one uh, and put Baltimore at one and two, which would be, that would be wild. Be a big, I mean, it'd be a big you look move. at, you look at the Pats Steelers game and the Bengal or the, the Ravens Dolphins game at halftime last year. You're not thinking that's even a possibility last week. You know, you're thinking maybe the Pats lose this game in a fluky way. Ravens look like they're running away. Now, all of a sudden, though, your boys pulled out a good win. I will say that was a good win. I thought that was going to be a tough spot for them on the road against Tomlin with a shaky offense, but they pull it out. Their defense obviously still looks really good. Yeah. I think that's not a problem at all. You still got a good defense. And I think you benefited from Mitch. I mean, Mitch just, you know, I was clamoring for Mitch. I thought the Giants should have brought him in for a one-year audition. It just doesn't look like he's got it. So that offense – yeah. is stagnant. I, I gotta, yeah. I, I, I do I, I think you're... Think, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I got to think we get we see Kenny Pickett after the bye week. Yeah. I don't know when it is, but yeah, Mitch, I will agree with you. And watching that game, I, Mitch did not look like he has. Yeah. And then I, I don't know when they're bye week either, but that, that just makes too much sense to bring him in. You drafted him at 19 or 20 for a yeah. reason. You know, right. give him a couple games to sit there and learn the offense, watch it, but we know what Mitch is. But yep. back to your pass. I think you've assess them pretty accurately, which I didn't think you would do. I don't know if you were capable of that. I know your blind fandom yeah. has sometimes skewed you, but I think that was a pretty accurate assessment. I don't know when we're going to figure it out. I guess maybe once they go up against the bills for the first time, we'll see really how they stack up, but you know, you got a chance here. You always played the Ravens. Well, but you know, yes, they just had a shitty collapse. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's not great. Maybe you wanted them coming off a breeze victory and they kind of sleepwalk, assuming they're going to beat the Pats, but I, I still don't think 
even with Belichick on that sideline, I don't think any team is ever just overlooking the pass. It's just not happening. No, I would agree. And, uh, but I do think there's part of it. Lamar seems a little banged up. They've got a lot of injuries and that's usually been the, you know, obviously the kryptonite of any team. It's like you got yeah. guys that are down. Um, so they're limping in for sure. Now they're definitely a wounded dog that needs a, needs a win. But um, I, I like the spot for the Pats, And I think that's where, you know, again, one of the, we talked about home dogs. Um, they were a road dog last week and a home dog this week. So, um, we'll get to the picks in a little bit, but I, I do think it's, it's interesting how Vegas has swung a lot, a lot of these lines around, um, as we've gone through, because, um, obviously they're battling with the fact that there are some dominant teams and I guess we don't need to talk about the bills. Um, but man, Might as well, Jeez. is that on an auto bet from here on out? I mean, I made them my key pick last week and that game was never in doubt. There was not a minute of that game even being questionable so i don't know i i think they're they're at that point where i'm just gonna pick them until i lose the pick because yeah look the dolphins are probably a good team this year we just saw a crazy comeback by them they've clearly got weapons on offense they can put up points in droves but the bills are an absolute wagon five and a half points in our pool I think if you're if you're looking at some books, I think that line's actually picked up to six and a half. Which still, if it's under a touchdown, I'm taking the Bills right now. I don't, I don't know what team they would play. Like, is there a team that you would think of if they were matched up that it's under a touchdown right now? You would take the other team, maybe the Eagles, Chiefs, Eagles, Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs, yeah. Those are probably yeah. I mean, those would probably be the only two at this point um, because there's nobody in the NFC. Uh, I mean, the NFC right now, like, I mean, other than the Eagles, I'm saying like, there's nobody like, I, I guess maybe you could say that about the years you got the top two, but, um, but I do think there's just a little bit more, there's a few more competitive teams in the AFC, or at least a few more compelling teams, but the NFC is a graveyard after, um, after Philadelphia, which is wild to say, because I don't think anybody really thought Philly was going to be like that great this year. Right. I think everybody really, you know, was anticipating, uh, the teams out west, and I think they all stink. Uh, I like. Oh. I think the Rams stink. I think the. I think the Niners stink, and I think uh, Arizona's awful. Um, like awesome. those comeback. Like I mean, that those was a great comeback flukes. by them. But like exactly, like there was no reason. Like so, I. Don't know, but it's going to be interesting. So yeah, I think I think it's they've got to be an auto bet. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that can stick with what they're doing on offense assuming they play, you know, and keep getting the defense that they, that they're getting. It's just, they're going to be a really tough team. Yeah. And I gotta say, I'm, I'm surprised by the bucks. Obviously they're dealing with a ton of injuries. They're two and oh, they're two and oh. So like, you know, can't wins a win. You're not really counting style points here. They got what I think would be like a symbolic win against the saints. That was like kind of Brady. He'd struggle against them. So now he shows he can go into New Orleans and, and beat that team. But man, they just don't look great either. Like, I, I don't know if it's Brady's kind of like checked out. They just have too many injuries, maybe a combination of all that stuff. But like, I'm just not impressed with the way they look right now. I think you're seeing a little bit of Tom Brady maybe wishing he was not in Tampa. I don't know if he wishes he wasn't playing football, but yeah, it does not look like it's fun for that guy right now. Yeah. I mean, he's out there screaming and yelling, uh, carrying on. He's getting asked a ton of weird personal questions in every interview that he does. Every time he is you know, has a press conference. 
I don't like the coaching situation is weird. I don't get the Bruce Arians on the sideline stuff. Like, yeah. I, I mean, that's what literally started the Mike Evans thing. I was watching the video today. Like that Mike, Mike Evans doesn't get suspended if Bruce Arians isn't. I mean, and granted, I think that's the edge they're trying to bring. And honestly, Brady also got him going. It was like Arians got Brady going, or Arians was chirping Lattimore, and then all Lattimore, that. Yeah. But like, but also it's like these guys need to just chill out. Like part of it that they're super undisciplined. It's not going to win them very many games, especially if they're thin and young. Like they need to bring some of these guys along. And I, the guy I've been the most surprised is Leonard Fournette. I think he's been great. And without yeah. him, I, I really don't know where they're at because I don't think Tom has had like you see this used to happen in New England. He does not have a lot of chemistry with any of the receivers right now, other than Evans, and he's just mad all the time. And when yeah. he gets pissed, he starts to like, like almost like just nitpick shit. And then I, I think it's just going to drive guys nuts. And we'll see what happens. Is we'll see if a first, you know, he's not a first year coach. He's their first year coach. If he can keep things together with the the guy who won the Super Bowl last year roaming around the sidelines like a like a mad, drunken madman. Like, I just I, don't I, understand that. Like. It doesn't if you're make Arians, sense. why why are you even stepping down if you're just going to be on the sidelines? And then if you're I don't, if I don't, you're the Bucks, like you don't want a guy who's half invested. Like you're either the coach of this team or get the yeah. fuck away. Right, put him in the booth. I mean, put him fucking yeah. in a box. Put him wherever. Like he can be involved with the organization. But like, yeah, you don't need him on the field chirping like opposing right. players. Start starting a fight. Now you're fucking only good wide receiver suspended. And that's why I mean they're a two and a half point home favorite against Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay has not looked good. Um, again, they got a nice win, but like they've just not like that hasn't looked like it's got great. a ton of chemistry. Um, I thought the Bears had some chances. The Bears just looked a little bit not ready for that moment. Um, and I think the Packers needed to bounce back from uh, Week One. But at the same time, like I, I don't know how that's a two and a half point spread under a field some, goal for the, yeah. for the defending champs. Wonky lines and home dogs, which don't make sense to me i was looking at a couple of these games and before we make our picks i want to say i'm fading myself so oh boy what you're hearing and what my picks are are actually a result of me fading myself so i'll get into it but uh i had to do it after that terrible start last week i I had to switch up my feelings i thought maybe i'm just not seeing the board right now so i'm in full costanza mode activating the fade yourself pick so I don't know. Is there any other games we want to review here? Or do we want to go right into our week three picks here? Yeah, no, let's jump into, let's jump into week three. I think, uh, I think we covered all the, the real route. I mean, there were still other nutty games that we probably could have talked about every game because there's such a weird yeah, component to like almost all of them, but no, let's get into it, man. I mean, I think this, all is, right, uh, my friend. this is our time. All right, dude, you take it away. Give me your first pick of the week. Oh boy. Okay. So this is the overreaction pick of the week that's going to go against the line that seems to clearly scream that I'm out to lunch with this pick. Um, but I'm going to let emotion take control and I'm going to go with the guy who I think told the funniest story about how he scouted the team he's playing this week by saying that he got drunk uh, and the media probably believed him, but I'm going with the lions on the road in Minnesota plus six and a half. Here's my logic. I think the Lions are good. I think Minnesota fucking stinks. Now, I could be wrong. Philly could be a lot better than I think a lot of people thought, and definitely their top four team in the league right now in terms of Super Bowl odds. But Minnesota looked awful. I think their coach is in over his head. I think the quarterback 
is good, but he also stinks. Um, and he threw more <laughs> he threw more passes to the Philly defenders than he threw to his own team down the stretch. <laughs> they just dropped like seven of them. Like there would have been Kirk would have thrown like seven more picks if uh, anybody on the defense could actually catch the ball. And he still threw like four. So I, that's my pick. I like Dan Campbell and what the Lions are doing. I think it's nice to see that he doesn't take the job too seriously, but also is a complete insane person. Uh, so I'm all over that pick. I think that this team, along with the sun god, is real. <laughs> uh, I love that pick. I love Lions this year. So I'm riding two as my, like, points team. The Lions are certainly one of them, and the Texans are the other one. But I'm, I'm riding those two teams. I don't know why people are sleeping still on the Lions. Like, they've been competitive in all their games. They've got some yeah. frisky players. Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, great. It, I know. And, like, every sign points to, like, Minnesota. Like, all right, they played Monday night on the road. They're going to play at home on a one o'clock spot. Yep. And they're six and a half point favorite. Like, dude, that's where like, I'm thinking that I'm the idiot now. Like we'll find out what happened in this game, obviously. But like, part of me is like Vegas is screaming at you. This is a Minnesota route. Six and a half is just an absolute slap in the face. It's the It's the highest. It's the biggest line. Yeah. With the the chargers. Yeah. Yeah. And Philly Washington. That's crazy. But at the same time, like, these are the ones it's like, do you bet on what you think Vegas is telling you or do you bet on what you feel like you saw? And in my situation, I'm right. I'm riding with Dan Campbell. I think Rip. Vegas wants Tons. you to look at that and be like, all right, the Vikings can't be that bad. They're going to bounce back playing a shitty team, a perceived shitty team. And I think that's why that number is so high, but they're a good team and they put up a ton of points on offense. So I don't think the Vikings yeah. can keep up score wise. Like they, they might lose this game outright. That's obviously a little bold, but like, it's not ridiculous. And yeah, I agree. I, I got to go back to Amon Ross St. Brown real quick. He was awesome on hard knocks, right? Yeah. He had that crazy run at the end of the year where he's just putting up historic numbers and he's continuing this year. Have you seen the video of him uh, like diabolically over every wide receiver that got picked before him? No, but I heard about, I heard the story uh, that he was supposedly on the sidelines looking yeah. for uh, chirping some like, random oh, guy who I've uh, never heard of. Uh, Daomi Brown or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every person, there's like 15 receivers that got picked in front of him. Not only does he know like the receivers, he, he'll tell you who picked them, the college they went to and what round they got picked in. The man is like diabolical about that. So he's obviously playing with a chip yeah. on his shoulder. And I, I mean, mean golf yeah. has been all right. Golf is not like terrible this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, and I will say too, I think about, uh, that you know, Brady was had a similar, you know, like the Brady twelve yep. or thirteen or whatever the fuck it was, Brady ten, the ten quarterbacks that got drafted ahead of him. But like I do think like there's part of that that you, you really need something like that to be able to do some of the things that these guys do, no matter what it is. And yeah, I mean it's he's had a really cool story. Obviously the story of his brothers in the league, his dad yep. was a former Mr. Olympia or whatever, the bodybuilder bodybuilder, like, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's a cool story. And I, I think the Lions are a cool story. And I think, you know, I, I thought, you know, people fall in love with hard knocks. And that's where yep. it's like this. I just feel like this line could have been five and a half, four and a half. And I think I still would have been like, all right, I'm on the line, which is why six and a half just kind of scares me because I'm like, am I that off about like where this could land? But 
Um, but I'm on it. I mean, I think it's a pesky enough team. They always come back late, even when they're down. They did that against Philly with a backdoor cover. So I've either got PTSD or I think this one seems easy. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on the Lions here, so I'm not going not gonna to fight you on that one. Uh, all right, for my first pick, remember, myself. So what I did, through the board, picked what I thought was my right pick. Like I used my gut, did a little research, picked the board, and I wrote down all my picks. And I topsy-turvied it. I flipped every fucking pick, okay? Nice. So okay. I think, though, I'm on the right side because I hit submit. My picks were locked in, and then I went back before we recorded here, and I looked at this, and I actually started talking myself into these picks. I'm like, I, I think these actually look pretty good. So I have a couple that I like here. I was debating which one I want to go with, but again, I'm doing the eye test. Going Thursday night, I'm taking the Browns to beat the Steelers. I don't love picking Thursday night, and I don't love picking rivalry games. But like I said earlier, I just think the Steelers' offense is dead with Mitch. Like, they put up, what, 20-something points against the Bengals, maybe 22 or 24, I forget what the total was, after getting five picks and six sacks. Yeah. They laid an egg against the, the Patriots. I know the Patriots are a pretty good team, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. But their offense is not doing anything. And now I think they're going against the most formidable defense they've faced so far this year in the Browns. I think the fact that they're getting the Browns off that horrific loss is even worse. If the Browns win that game, maybe they kind of like take this game a little lighter. But I think yeah. all the team me- a player's only team meeting after week two. Like, are they yeah. already in desperation mode? Probably. Um, like what I'm seeing from the offensive line. So like Chubb is dominating, Kareem Hunt, they can control the ball, they control the ground game. And the Steelers' D-line is getting pushed around too. I don't know if you saw that in the Pats game. I thought they were getting pushed around. I just think that they're going to run the ball down their throat four and a half at home against a shitty offense is just not enough for me to shy away. So I'm taking the Brownies four and a half. What do you think? I'm going to crossfire you. (laughs) Did not expect that one. I'll be honest. Well, here's why. Cause I think if Kaz would have picked Pittsburgh, I think you're due enough where if that was your original pick, I actually, so here's my thing. I think the Browns win. I do think this seat just screams field goal game to me. Like I, I think both of these teams kind of stink. I think both of them will get into a little bit of like a, we both kind of want to win this game. So we're not going to take a lot of chances. Um, I don't, I didn't, the Browns just fell apart and it's hard to bounce back from that against a team that like, you do play a lot. So I do think the Browns win. I, I think the Browns are the better team. Um, but I, I just think, the, I think this could be one of those, like, just like one point, like type games where, uh, you know, it's decided at the end on, you know, missed two point conversion, you know, so I don't know, like some, something dumb, like, but yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, it's one of those weird games. So I'm, I'm across where I got thinking. All right. That's fair. Now I, I hear your points and those points were, were considered. And again, I hate picking Thursday night, I hate it. You know, initially I was like, Steelers do for bounce back. Maybe this is the spot, but I had to flip it. So that's where I'm at. Now, gentlemen, we have our NFL insider Coulter joining us. Right in time for picks. How you doing, Coulter? I'm doing great. And I come in on you taking Jacoby Brissett on Thursday Night Football and four and a half points. Oh, certainly <laughs> did, my friend. 
Free money. But, Free money. I but, think that's bad. Let me explain. I told uh, the story about how I lost the Thursday night game last week in every single one o'clock game. So I had to fade myself. So I basically picked all my picks based on my gut and my thoughts. And then I legitimately flipped all of them. So that's how I landed on the Browns. All right. I mean, there is something to be said here. Uh, not that these are the same teams that played in that wild playoff game a, a couple of years ago, but I think Cleveland does have some sort of advantage over Pittsburgh. I know these teams are again, wildly different, but there is something to the Cleveland. I think might just be a better like overall team than Pittsburgh at this point in terms of just their players. But Jacoby Brissett in a short week, that's a lot of points, even if they're at home. That That's very concerning. Just looking at the quarterback, I think this would really frightens me there. Uh, but yeah. roster-wise, I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, I look back to that playoff game, and I think of uh, that Mayfield win over Roethlisberger in that wild shootout, and I just think that Cleveland can win against Pittsburgh probably nine or ten different ways, whereas Pittsburgh, they're going to need some Jacoby Brissett farting to even be in the game. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is that I'm also picking against, I just think the Steelers offense is completely dead. I, yep. I don't know how they go one against the, the Bengals put up an egg with five turnovers and all these sad, you know, all these things happen where they couldn't even really capitalize on that. They barely put up 14 points against the Patriots. Now they're facing a better defense the Browns with Mitch still under center. And I just don't see where they're getting the offense from. So yeah, Are you concerned this, about the Kenny Pickett factor at halftime though? I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're, I think they're kind of babying along Pickett. Like uh, I, I was saying I, earlier, we, were, we think he could, he'll come in after the bye week makes sense. But like you throw him in on a Thursday night game on a short week against a division rival with a nasty pass rush. I just don't yeah, think they're doing true. that. Right. Yeah. You're not wrong. So we'll see. I'm thinking, we'll see. I'm thinking uh, just to talk out loud, you know, I don't know if I'll cross here. I'm on Pittsburgh. It's a lot of points, but uh, you think Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and I mean, Pickens is not really pop yet, but I mean, do you think those two grown men would want to look at the tape of the jets carving up this secondary of uh, Cleveland's last week and thinking we can't do that exact same thing. I, I think they can. I think they can, but you know, I made the pick. I think that Mitch just doesn't have it. I don't think, uh, He's got the ability to, to make that offense be explosive, which is wild saying that Flacco's the one who did it, but I just don't think Mitch has got it. Yeah. Hey, you guys both crossfired with me and made money last week, so if you want to jump in the water, Coulter, let me jump know. In. <laughs> Water's warm. All right. Let's get your first pick, man. Frozen, which could be a wrinkle in the plan. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, might, I think he might be trying to throw us off on that. Um, he'll be back. He'll be back with a with a screamer. I know. Um, in terms of the whatever his first pick was, he was on it last week. So um, yeah, he was just hot. to let everybody know, he won our he won our picks league for the week. Give him a shout out for that uh, solo winner too, which is always tough. Uh, sometimes a little easier to get the solo the first couple weeks with no buys. Um, but at the same time, hell of a, hell of an accomplishment. And, um, yeah, he was hot. And also, I mean, we might as well give a shout out to our other fallen friend, uh, Mr. Model, um, who somehow is in first place in our picks or second place in our picks and Coulter's in first overall. Um, but you know, didn't want to come tonight because he didn't want to give us all his heaters. Yeah. 
Mr. Model uh, didn't make it tonight. We were, we were messaging, and uh, his excuse was that he just doesn't know the NFL as well to discuss it on this podcast, which is a load of shit because he's in second place. So clearly, <laughs> yeah. he knows what he's doing. I think Mr. Model just doesn't want to give away his secret sauce right now. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. he's got. I, I think he's got a special model cooked up in the basement, firing off winners like Willy Wonka with the fucking everlasting gobstoppers, and he just doesn't want to share anybody any with the boys. What about and us? Fuck, I may. I do want to point this one out too. I think he's trying to throw us off the scent here. If you recall, Hughes, Facts. Sunday morning, maybe around twelve, maybe a little eleven thirty. He says, "Oh, by the way, oh. make sure, make sure you are on Carolina." And Washington. Well, both losers. <laughs> Did we check to see if he even picked those two? I think he we should look. We should look because I switched. I was we on made... the Giants. Oh and... no. <laughs> that would be something. That would the be G, something. Man. Dude, we gotta hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. Just because, like, for the sake of argument, he might have been fucking with us. Pool Which chicks. would be a diabolical move. That would have been. He had to do pretty well. Let's see. He was on Washington and Carolina, so we'll, okay. we'll, we can't we can't throw him under yeah. the bus too much. We he was on those we can't picks. Crush him too hard. What, that yeah, he would have been. A, I know. That would have been a move ever. <laughs> but still, I mean, pick nine winners. I mean, uh, you can't shake. You can't you can't be upset with that. So, no, we'll get him back. We, in here. We, he'll, we, he'll be once he. Once he dials in the uh, the call of shoes, we'll be uh, we'll be back in action. Exactly. Well, Coulter, uh, congrats on winning the week, my friend. Uh, How does it feel first? And then once you're done gloating, let's get your first pick of the week. Yeah, apologies for the error there on my end with the technical glitch. Winning feels great. I mean, I have to say, I'm in three fantasy football leagues, the couple survivor things, you know, yada, yada, yada. The spread pool, as you know, is by far away my favorite. Uh, it's the ultimate test of your your fandom, I think, of football, your knowledge. And also, I think it's a little bit of psychological, like you got to overcome yourself. You know, it's like 20% uh, outwitting yourself. Um, so I, I love all the elements of that. I love the football element of it. I love the, you know, if you temper down the worst part of your own personality and and, and that kind of thing. And then the, the competition is obviously a, amazing and then you get to track it every week yeah so i love the pool and getting week two wins a great feeling it makes it a lot easier to pick because you know you already banked a 125 bucks so yeah half, basically, half, more than half of the payments been taken care of so that's yeah the, that's a great thing almost play with house money now we were talking about this too Coulter. you're almost betting against yourself in a way too because the temptation to switch your picks sunday morning is always there it's that little doubt in the back of your head did you switch any picks on sunday or did you just lock it in i switched my the only thing i switched was denver uh i had houston and the points and i went and switched on to my own team which i've actually i don't think i've ever done in the history of this pool but i thought home opener in september the altitude's going to give an advantage and i just thought Man, all we need is a couple big shots. Like we scored on Monday Night Football with Judy, and the game could get out of hand. Similar to how Buffalo just beat up on Tennessee, I thought we could do something similar to that. Nathaniel Hackett's just not there yet as a coach, and we're not good enough as an offense. We didn't have a preseason as we had over last week. All those things I should have known. I, I don't know why I flipped. So yeah, regrettable flip, but didn't cost me the week, luckily. So yeah, 
And that's another thing too. Like, how do you pick your team? Do you pick against it and hedge like an emotional I usually hedge? pick against, I usually pick against that. I did the, again, the outwitting yourself where it's like, I'm thinking, Oh, you know, how many Bronco home games have I personally been to out in September where we just waxed the weaker team. And, you know, that should have been what happened but as a fan. It's a little concerning that that's, that didn't happen. You know, it should have been a, in my opinion, the 31 to seven type game, but what do I know? Hey, you won the week, my friend. You must know something. So let's get your first pick of week number three. Yeah, Hughes is going to like this. I like uh, number one pick of the week, first pick, New England Patriots plus two and a half. I don't see why they're the underdog in this game. I I make this game dead even. Um, You get home field with New England. I, I know the Patriots don't have the speed that Miami has and that that frustrated Baltimore, but let's go back to last season. How many teams did we see carve up Baltimore secondary? Um, I don't think it's a speed thing. I, and, and I'm not trying to take away from Hill and Waddle. I really think that those guys are on trajectory to potentially even be the best, and I don't think this hyperbole best receiver duo potentially of all time. I think they're just that big of a disadvantage to other, other teams defenses. But um, I, I do think the Ravens have a problem, and I think the Patriots are also going to expose it. I don't think the Patriots' skill guys are that bad. We saw it last week. Jacoby Myers is pretty reliable. I think they get Hunter Henry involved. The run game is there. Um, and I think Belichick is able to, to kind of stall and uh, solve uh, for Lamar Jackson on the other side of the football for a while in this game. This one was, I think, a, a Patriot minus one was the spread in the summer when the, the game, the Lions first came out, and now it's swung three and a half points for Baltimore. What has Baltimore done? They underperformed in my opinion against the jets. And then they lost last week in a complete shit show against Miami. So I'll take the Patriots. All right, Hughes, your team. What do you think of that pick? I like, I mean, I'm on the Pats too. I think it's tough. I mean, to take a team that's not coached by Bill Belichick uh, and put them in Foxborough and make them the favorite after, I, I think they are clearly banged up. Right. Um, that being said, I, I, it's going to be one of those kind of classic Pats-Ravens games, I feel like, where if the Pats can, can contain Lamar and stop the run, um, I think they'll end up winning this game in one of those kind of grinded out like they did last week. Um, I don't think there's going to be a ton of points, but I also think Mac showed last week in a number of situations that if he's got enough time to throw the ball, um, he's not as bad as I think people thought after week one. I don't know. There was like a real... Uh, like online and maybe it's just me and the social media stuff, but like people really kind of getting on Mac after week one, I, I didn't think he played great, uh, but I didn't particularly think it was entirely his fault. Now not trying to make excuses for the guy, but I think he has a good week this week against what Coulter pointed out, banged up poor secondary for Baltimore. So I like the pick. I like the Pats at home. Uh, it's interesting in my picks this week. I think I took every road team except for the three teams we all root for, which was kind of interesting. I'm on New England, wow. uh, Denver, and we'll get to the New York football giants. Later. Interesting. Uh, all right. I am not going to crossfire this because again, I am fading myself. So I don't feel like I'm in a position to crossfire, but I'm sitting on the Ravens right now. And I hear the points you both are making. I do think the Pats are going to be able to take advantage of the Ravens defense. The secondary is beat up. We just saw Miami carve them up. But Miami's got incredible skilled players. Do the Patriots have incredible skilled players? I don't know. So if we're saying that they're going to be able to expose the secondary and put up some points, 
are they going to be able to limit Lamar enough? I just don't know. I don't know. So I'm not cross-firing it, but I'm sitting on the, on the Ravens. I, I just think Baltimore is a team that's – Baltimore scored, I think, what, three or four plate touchdowns over 40 yards uh, this season. I mean, I just don't see Belichick allowing those kind of big plays. Their offense has been way too big play dependent. Uh, and you're just getting the points. Like, I mean, honestly, I think I came in on the conversation about the Thursday night game. Like, I could see this being a one-point game. I could see Justin Tucker hitting a game-winning field goal and the Ravens winning 17-16. I still win in that situation. Yeah, true. Agreed. I know. I think I, I think there's a lot of scenarios that, that taking the points and taking the bats seems like – I mean, it's not a no-brainer, but I, I think Lamar's hurt too. I don't – they were dodging yes, the whole thank you. arm sleeve. I was going to say, he had the, the arm sleeve thing today. Yeah, yeah they were like, oh, it's no big deal. And he's on the injury report. There's definitely something going on with him. And I do think the Pats will do – they've done a better job of swarming, I think, a little bit on the quarterback uh, this year than in the past. Um, and I, Yeah, I think they can get to him a bit. And I will say uh, I, it's it's one of those just classic Pats-Ravens games, I feel like. And, and to Colder's point, I get either team winning this game by one. Um, or two points. I don't think it's a blowout, and I think the home team. Well, listen, you guys are the sharps right now. I'm not. So if the listeners are uh, thinking about putting action in this game, I, I might be leaning towards you too, but that's just my two cents. Maybe I'm fading myself, fading myself. Who knows? There you go. <laughs> All right, Hughes, let's get your key pick. All right. Well, uh, we didn't talk a ton about it, but I'm, I'm going back uh, to my key pick from last week. Um, I'm going to ride the Eagles until this bus goes off the street. I think right now they're playing as well as I've seen a team offensively because their offensive line is absolutely dominant. Um, Jalen Hurts has more time to sit back there and dick around with the football than anybody I've seen in a long time. And I've just not seen much from the, the Washington football uh, commanders, whatever the fuck their <laughs> name is now, um, to really think that they deserve any type. This game being six and a half, like shows you to me on the road that Vegas thinks that this could be a blow. Um, I just don't see how Washington hangs with them. I think Hertz is shown that he can do a lot of different things. And I think they've designed an offense that supports what he does best. Now, that could all change. I mean, it's the NFL, it's week to week league, but I just, I, I, I watched that game. I don't want to really support the Eagles. Obviously my wife's an Eagles fan. I live in Philadelphia, but at the same time, um, it's not something I enjoy doing, but it does seem like in watching them play, if they can get the production out of their defense um, in terms of the way that they turn the ball over against Minnesota. Like I think, I mean, there were a lot of people that were on Minnesota straight up. I mean, as a money line, uh, play last week and things like that. And I just, it, it didn't seem like a game that made, and I think we talked about it on the pod, like a lot of sense to me. Um, and I think that played out, but I think that deep, the defense played a lot better. So I'm on the birds, man. I, I'm going to keep riding it six and a half under a touchdown against the, the football team commander skins. Um, I'm out on that. <laughs> commander skins. I like that. Colter, what do you think on the Eagles? You know, this one is another one that's moved pretty significantly. I want to say it was a three-point line, and so people are obviously steaming Philadelphia, and I don't love being on the side that everybody's steaming. With that said, I don't think I can take the commanders in this spot. Their defense is absolutely horrific. They've made uh, Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence, who I know were number one overall picks in the NFL draft, but they've 
they've only single-handedly resurrected those guys' careers over the last two weeks. You've got Hurts playing at a top five MVP level, but to Hughes's point, um, I just don't trust this Washington D to, to say no at any point in this game. Um, and then the other factor, I don't think Hughes put the, mentioned this, but there's no home field advantage for Washington. So I'm looking at this game as a Philly's a six and a half point favorite on a neutral field because I don't think there is any sort of home field. So when I look at that line, I think that's kind of fair. I think the Eagles are six points better than Washington. I don't love the extra half point, but um, I'm not going to take Washington. So that's where it really comes down to. Um, I wouldn't say this is one of my favorite sides of the week. This is one of those weird two. uh, we talk about the love of the pool. You always kind of do the accounting of how many favorites and dogs you have. And it's like, I'm only on six favorites right now. And so Philly was one of those teams. I was like, I have to stay on Philly because I can't put Washington in the, I can't make it 11 dogs for the week and have Washington be one of those. So right now I'm on the, the Eagles with Hughes. I'm, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite sides of the week, but I definitely, uh, I don't like Washington and, and I do like Philly. They're playing well. Yeah, I'm going to agree here. I, I'm on the Eagles. Uh, that game on Monday night was just a total fucking domination. It pains me as a Giants fan because they look really good. Hughes, I know you said that. Like They look phenomenal. Their offense is clicking. And the one thing that we got to factor into, obviously they had A.J. Brown that opens up the offense, but they ended last year as the number one rushing team in the league, and they're continuing to do that this year too. So like they're, they're mixing in the ground game. Like Miles Sanders all of a sudden looks like the Miles Sanders that we thought he'd be out of college. And then on top of that, you add in that Hertz is sitting back there playing video games and has all day to throw the ball to electric wide receivers. So it scares me. This is really the first time I can remember the Eagles being a fearsome team dating back to maybe like that year with, with uh, McNabb and T.O. where they were in the Super Bowl against the Pats. I know they won the Super yeah. Bowl, but like, let's be honest, they kind of came out of nowhere that year and they shocked yeah. everybody. But like they're they look taking like them serious now. They're they are yeah. the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, talk yeah. about an adjustment. They're right behind uh, the Bills, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay. I mean, it's a, that's a statement from Las Vegas if I've ever seen. Well, yeah, no, for sure. A couple things there. I think one, we need to revisit one of our favorite segments uh, on this gambling podcast. Actually, I may be making this up as we go, but. By the hook. I agree with Coulter. By the by that half point. Don't worry and waste your time on the half point with six and a half. Just get six. Uh, it'll buy you some insurance and some peace of mind. I agree there. Secondarily, the Washington football commander skins, which is what they will be referred to <laughs> for the duration of today, have given up an average of 7.5 yards per rush on the season. And the Eagles are go. averaging some ungodly. Let me pull it up real quick. The Eagles are currently averaging a league best, I believe, 5.2 yards per rush. It's just a classic combination here of pain and suffering, unless the Skins can figure out a way to stop the run in uh, in a week. If they can't, th- this could be just a track meet for the, for the Eagles. Uh, their offensive line is going to just absolutely de- destroy – probably everything in front of them. I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be crazy. And I saw something too. I, I don't know who it was, but a scout, an unnamed scout tweeted out that unnamed. everyone around the league is saying the Washington, what was it? The football commander skins. I like yep, that. There you go. <laughs> uh, their D line is just getting dominated, which is uncharacteristic because they've drafted four first rounders. I know Chase Young's hurt and not playing, but like they're getting pushed around. And that was a great stat about they're getting owned on the run game. But 
it's true. And then the Eagles are dominating on all facets of the offense. So six and a half is just not enough for me. I like the new segment, Hughes. I don't think we've had that on as a recurring segment, but I like it. By the hook. By the hook. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, we're in full agreement on that one. So let's go to my key pick. Uh, Coulter, I apologize if I'm stepping on your toes here a little bit because I know we had uh, sent this around. But my key pick this week is the Chiefs minus six and a half at the Colts. This is a two-pronged pick. I think the Colts are dead. The Matt Ryan experiment is not working. They look so awful, so one-dimensional. And what is going on with them, first of all, before we move on to this pick? They can't win in Jacksonville? Like, what the fuck is that? They shift it up. They change everything. They get a new quarterback, and they still can't win in Jacksonville? Five new quarterbacks. Let's not forget about it. They've had five different quarterbacks in five years. I think – I want to say this nicely, but you're dense as fuck. Uh, if you don't think that there's something going on with Indianapolis at Jacksonville being the thing that is most certainly, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it's been like 10 years, 10 games in a row. And you could be basically a millionaire. If you just rode the Jaguars money line, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there's something there and you are, you're not admitting to yourself if you think otherwise. And, Thank God I was on Jacksonville last week because that is like a real thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it exists. Yeah. That team cannot travel to that part of the country. It is something. Yeah. That is something. It's so strange. And now I'm at the point where I have to question, is Frank Reich actually a good coach? Because I don't know if he actually yeah, I put him on watch before the season. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's that's yeah. why I like your pick here. I'm, I'm on India in the pool, but uh, if, if I'm doing the old Coulter – coaching evaluation you've got a hall of famer and andy reed going against somebody who i have now in the bottom five bottom six coaching ranks of my own so this is a recipe for disaster potentially i'm on the colts because i think it's too many points but uh i'm glad you brought up the coaching thing with right because he's definitely on notice for sure yeah it's crazy and then i'm gonna re- give the stat though because i know you sent this colter gus bradley is the defensive coordinator for these colts and patrick mahomes seven games against them has 17 touchdowns two interceptions and a 72% completion rate. So I just think the chiefs are working very well right now, even without Tyree kill. And I think we talked about this last week, Hughes, where like we took out Tyree kill and added in three new receivers, but now he's not Mahomes isn't forcing the ball to Tyree down the field. They're kind of just letting the game fucking happen in front of him. And he looks incredible. Again, he looks like that guy that we've always knew him to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, whatever you want to call him. Their offense is clicking. And I think this is a tale of two teams going the opposite directions. I know it's a lot of points, uh, I know it's a road game, but the Chiefs have always done well in Indy, so I'm riding with the Chiefs six and a half. So, and I'll, I'll actually make the argument that I don't think it's enough points. Like that's the weird thing to me is like I felt like when I looked at this, I was like, "Is Vegas trying to tell me something? This is under a touchdown." Um, and and I think that does bring up the argument of like maybe the Colts do show up in this game. They they kind of have to. They have um, to, yeah. I do agree. I'm not on the Frank Reich bandwagon, but I'm also not on the bandwagon of these weird retread shitbird quarterbacks that they keep bringing in that don't really have an ability to make their offense any better than any fucking guy they could get from anywhere. Like what they're trying to do is just, it doesn't make any sense. The Matt Ryan thing makes no sense. What fucking person watched Matt Ryan play last year? It was like, you know what we fucking need? We just lost to Jacksonville to not make the fucking playoffs. 
And the thing that we need to do is we need to go get Matt fucking Ryan. Like that is going to be the fucking straw that takes this fucking drink and makes it absolutely incredible. What the fuck? Like I got real, I like their front office. I enjoy like the access they've given fans, all the shit that they've done. That made no sense. I think that Matt Ryan showed last year that he was about as dead as dead could get. And I like Matt Ryan. Don't get me wrong. Matt Ryan's like, like, I mean, he's kind of, he's a, a mainline Philly guy, played at Boston college, married to a girl that went to high school in my hometown. Like I like Matt Ryan. He stinks. Like I, this team is going to stink as long as he's the quarterback. I'd give Sam Ellinger a shot, put him out there, see what happens. Cause they can't be any worse than they were with Matt fucking Ryan. That's all. A, fa- a failure from the, to, to piggyback off this, uh, rant from Hughes and very well said is it's a failure of imagination from the front office. Cause I'll name you three guys they could have traded for in the off season. Jimmy Garoppolo won. You could have gone yeah. after Gardner Minshew, the Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback. That's two. And then I really think that they could have really, if they wanted to play it, they could have gone after somebody like a Marcus Mariota. And I think that would have been a better solution uh, than even Matt Ryan. And I know Matt Ryan and Mariota are, I mean, now I'm just kind of stretching. Or even here, here's a fourth option if you wanted to get really creative. Why not call uh, Gutenkunst in Green Bay and try to get Jordan Love? He would love yeah. to offload Jordan Love for a third round pick, I bet. Right? I mean, why not? Yeah. It, like, I, it makes no sense. The guy that spent more time around Matt Ryan than anybody last year wanted Marcus fucking Mariota over <laughs> Matt Ryan. And I'm not trying to say that Arthur Smith is some type of fucking savant genius here, but like, guys, what is happening with the fact that Matt Ryan just, again, I don't didn't think it could get worse than Carson Wentz. They looked worse in Jacksonville than Carson Wentz looked in Jacksonville when they blew their chance of going to the playoffs last year. And I just have to look at this team and just be like, I don't know how they go anywhere with it, with this quarterback. And I'm, I love the pick. I think the chiefs win by a hundred. I, I think that that game is an absolute steal runaway. Put, put it in now and just don't even, don't even worry about it. Yeah. It's, gonna be it's not like by game time. Yeah. It's not like they've got a home field advantage there. Like there's nothing really that scares you. I mean, obviously they got, I mean, it's, their, Taylor, home, but like, it's their home opener. What are you talking about guys? They're, yeah. They're going to be, be home field advantage. They're going to be pumping noise in there. Like they've been doing for years. Cause they're a bunch of fucking frauds. I hate the Colts. This team stinks. They're dead. Yeah. I, I'm just on that. I think this is too much of a runaway for me. So I don't know. Colt, are you on that side? You on the Chiefs here? It sounds like you're, you're kind of wavering a little bit. I'm on, I'm on the Colts. Um, I'm, I'm going to take just, it seems a little bit computeristic of me or wrote, but I'm going to just take all the teams that are winless and the points this week and hope for good things. Cause these are grown men. We've played the game. There is a sense of pride there. I do the blue chip count and I count six blue chip guys on Indianapolis. That's a lot for a team. That's almost a touchdown underdog at home. Uh, and you know that everybody will be pounding Kansas city. Similar to last week's Bengals pick. I, I can't ride the side that everyone's going to be boning. Um, okay. And there were, Doug good Peterson just made this guy look like a kindergartner and we're going yeah, yeah. all, I'm not kidding. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, there might be a big, a big Frank Reich. Right now, I have him as I mentioned, five or six of my worst coaches. And if they get blown out, doors off on this game against Kansas City, he might be two by this time next week. So there's a high chance that I might just be looking at the Colts wrong and still giving them a little bit too much of the preseason benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to crossfire. I like the Colts, but I don't love the pick. So this is actually a great segment because I'm trying to power rank the least sexy side of the week and the Colts. 
was one of my least sexy sides. The Seahawks, after getting blown out in San Fran, is one of the other ones. They're playing an 0-2 team that I just mentioned uh, in Atlanta. And then the other one I really had was uh, Houston playing Chicago. is just not a very sexy team. And Chicago, even being favored in that game, is not a sexy side. However, there is one side that I think is actually the least playable side, and it's staring us right in the face, and it's so fucking obvious, and it's by far and away the best pick on the board this week, and it's the Miami Dolphins plus five and a half. I'm going to step right in front of the locomotive that is the Buffalo Bills. I don't think anybody's playing the Dolphins in this one. I think that everybody and their grandmother is taking out more and more and more and more money on the Bills. I like what I get from the Dolphins. I have a great matchup at the receiver corner level with Diggs versus Howard. I'm going to trust that they take out Diggs here. I know that seems a little bit strange, but without Diggs, I want to see what Buffalo's offense is. Davis might miss the game. Diggs is potentially covered. I want to see what Josh Allen can do on the road in the heat in Miami. I also think, too, if you look at the spreads of, of recent Buffalo games, you have them as a, a, a light favorite against the Rams, and you have them as a a sizable favorite at home, which they should have been. They covered that game against Tennessee. However, what do we know now after two weeks of watching Tennessee and the Rams? These two teams are declining from where they were. Miami's ascending. I just think it's too many points. It's, again, talking about buying the hook, I'd, buy, I'd love to buy this up to six. I just don't think in a division game in the heat um, that this is going to be a runaway train for Buffalo. They can't run the football too, which is my most important point here. Buffalo cannot run the football I like a team getting plus points against a team that cannot run. I don't care how good the Bills have looked. I'm going to jump right in front of the locomotive, as I mentioned. Miami, I've done my power rankings. I've shuffled the board. They are number 32. I really genuinely believe my heart of hearts, even though they just came back and beat the Ravens, I think this is the least played side by Joe Public come Sunday morning. I think everybody is taking, taking Buffalo. I'll take Miami. All right, Hughes, what do you think? Let's go Buffalo. No, I mean, this. I, I do agree that I think the line in this game had me feeling like Vegas thinks the Bills are going to probably take the first and maybe the second quarter off, given the fact that they just had a huge win at home on Monday night, the heat, the travel, the fact that I do think Miami's good. I, I, I don't think Miami's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but Miami's been giving up just a decent amount of pull. well the the pats did not play well against them but at the same time i didn't think that, i didn't think miami played like necessarily very well um so i i, I don't know man this miami team's so weird I, I i think miami like this is a game miami could win like i i don't i wouldn't be shocked if like they walked out and was like oh the dolphins end up pulling this off i think they've got the players to do it i think they've got the horses to do it i don't know oh, man this is tough man i think you're right colton though I, I think this will be the least played side because everyone's going to be on the Bills. But the Bills do love playing those games sometimes where they just don't show up for half. And they're just like, oh, shit. You know, what they, you know the last time they did that, Hughes, when they beat there, they lost. Beat, they lost Carolina Jaguars last year. Oh, they yeah. lost yeah, yeah, the Jaguars yeah. 9-6, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great call. And that was early in the season, too, whenever they were another freight train. I feel like that was they were playing well, at least. Um, yep, that's exactly a great example. And I think this Miami team's clearly way better than that fucking Jacksonville team. So, so here's it. my thing. Here's my thing, Coulter. I agree I with you it. that I I believe this is gonna be the least played side. But it's only because the Bills are a wagon right now, and everyone's seen the Bills just run away. But let me let me I say flipped. this. You want I flipped. I'm I'm on I'm on Miami. 
I just oh. <laughs> I love it. I, I, so he, I'm, yeah, I like it. Here's my thing, Colt. You want to take away digs, right? And they think the secondary can stop them. The Ravens, who arguably have less talented passing game, just tore them to shreds with Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. I think that the Bills have too much offensive power here. I think they're just going to outscore them. But the flip side of that is their defense is playing lights out as well. I mean, I know that game on Monday night became a runaway, but like they didn't allow Derrick Henry to get started at all. The Dolphins' running game is it there? I mean, I'll, I'll know. say this right now, and it pains me because I love Derrick Henry. I think he's a generational player, but like Mostert looks two times as spry and light, and and he was looking. He looked great. Uh, from what I saw, Mostert, uh, and you, we've seen him zip around a game. Remember that NFC Championship game against the Packers? Uh, I don't think their running game is bad at all in Miami. I like Mostert, and I mean, they've got other speedy guys. I mean, Edmonds and Gaskell, those guys are fast too. I mean, I don't love Miami by any means. This is a strictly, I've chopped all the teams up, all 32 teams, and this is the team that I think nobody's going to play. That's where I came to in this one, but I I do like Mostert more than I like Henry, I feel like, at this point. I mean, Tennessee just looks slow. I mean, you cannot go off of what you saw Monday night and think that this is what the game is going to look like on Sunday. Miami, again, no, no, is a yeah. team who's ascending. They're fast. They're dynamic. And you guess what? Even if Mostert was as slow as Derrick Henry, he's going to look a lot faster because Ty Hill and Waddle are going to freaking disrupt the fuck out of their defense. I mean, th- those yeah. two guys are running back's best friend. I mean, God, what a talk about it just – Field leveling type duo. Uh, I think they make everybody around them better. What a great trade by Miami uh, to pair him with Waddle because it really, I, I can't imagine being a defensive coordinator trying to prepare for these guys. And you're right. Yeah. Buffalo's playing fantastic on that side of the ball. Bring it. Bring it. I, if I'm Miami, I'm, bring the pressure, bring the heat, go for it. I'll check down to, uh, to Hill and Waddle, one yard throws, and let Hill and Waddle just run wild. Fuck it. You don't need to go deep with them. If there's not time to go deep, go short. Who cares? Can I just turn back the clocks a week ago when I believe you, Coulter, were just shitting on Tua? And now we're not a Tua fan. I'm not a Tua fan. I'm not a Tua fan. This is not a Tua pick at all. Have I mentioned him in my handicap once? He's getting the ball to Waddle and Hill. Dude, Tua Non has invaded the Coulter (laughs) up. The beauty of the offense, the beauty of getting Hill is that it, it, like we saw on Sunday, it doesn't matter. Like two his limitations are, you know, you and I could hit, you know, Hill and Waddle. No, you're right. uh, The the two limitations are moot. Uh, I, I, I do think that. uh, Yeah. I I mean, I like Miami in this spot. I'll I'll throw one more in here. I'll throw one more in here. I didn't want to do this to him, but you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling frisky. Get him. Buffalo, we just went over. Uh, underperformed in Jacksonville last week. This is some deep insider knowledge from Bronco fanhood. Von Miller has had so fucking many weak-ass pussy fucking performances down in yes. South Florida. There is something <laughs> yes. about that climate with that player. I think they are taking this one off. You mentioned the Bills taking one some games off. I think Miller is the leader of the clubhouse of I'm going to take this one off. I don't think we're going to see what the first two games we saw from Vaughn. And I love the man. I just don't think he's going to impact the game. Like he has the first two games. I think Buffalo's defense isn't going to look as good. 
It's going to be hot. And Miami's frisky and they're fast. I, I, I like it. I like all of them. I think, I think, I think McDermott, Why would I not take Miami? I think McDermott's going to have to fly the boys in Saturday morning, given that news. Because if Vaughn has his history of playing bad in South Florida, you know he's going to be out on, the, on South Beach mixing it up. And he's going to bring the boys with him. So, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm even more... More. I mean, Vaughn was a 10-year Bronco, and I want to say we were 2-3 and three at Jacksonville, and that was including a five-year run with Manning where we won probably 12 games on average. I mean, how bad do you have to be to be 2-3 and three down in Jacksonville? And at Miami, I think we were 0-3 during the middle oh, of the years. Boy. I mean, it just was like, yeah. Oh, you know what? Correction. We did win one game with Tim Tebow. That was probably before Miller got active down there that was miller's rookie year if oh. i remember correctly so yeah, you, you need a jesus <laughs> on your side so <laughs> yeah exactly hughes i i just turned yeah. the clock back on holter or on colter to last week i'm gonna turn yeah. the clock back on you to the beginning of this podcast we i said, know aren't the I know. basically an automatic pick i'm i'm I, i'm I, I feel like i've been invaded by the two and on fucking group as well i feel like yes. they're in my head telling me that you know what this is actually a miami line this is not, and I will say I, that's kind of what I said earlier. Was like I thought the line was a little light, but maybe it's not. And this is one of those ones where we just need to t- trust our gut. I mean, the Bills could still win by field goal. I do think the Bills are a better team. I, I, I do though think that this could be a classic like wake up late spot, um, especially if the boys are out on the town the night before. Which yes. given the fact they're two and zero, they're feeling themselves a little bit. Vaughn's got a VIP lounge. It's going to be trouble. <laughs> Wait, Coulter, is, is it Miami where that's the infamous story with Von Miller? Because that came out last year in the Rams too, right? That he would have these parties before certain games. Oh, I yeah. forget where like, – was it Miami or was it Florida? Like, I, what, there's some story there about Vaughn having these big parties against some team. Uh, he has the Halloween the week the annual Halloween that's party. That's it. When the Halloween party. Up, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but I mean, you have to remember. I'm, I'm almost positive. Like the Giants' escapade that was in Miami, right? The boat thing. That was on yeah, Miami, though. That was my week. Yeah. Odell and Odell and uh, Vaughn are boys, Vaughn. as we know. I mean, they, they know. I mean, let's just. You said it best. Vaughn has a VIP somewhere down there. I mean, the guy's rich. Uh, he signed with Buffalo. He wants to let the animal out. I mean, he's probably enjoying playing for the Bills, but he's not enjoying the Buffalo nightlife. If that makes sense. Yeah. He's telling the boys, hey, guys, it's a long season. What's one night? Coach doesn't care. It's going to be like fucking Varsity Blues at the script club. The boys are not going to be showing up on Sunday. We got to get on my hands. I love it. You know, maybe they fly in Sunday morning. Maybe maybe, uh, McDermott should say, hey, let's let's risk missing this game, miss the flight. Let's not even give him the temptation. Uh, I'm glad the boat picture was brought up, boys, because we have size the demons – for the first time since the boat picture, the Giants have a winning record. So, and we're two zero. We have we have some cushion. We can lose and still be having a winning record. So, I think the boat oh, that, picture. Let's put that to bed. That's a good point. I probably should give Coulter a shot at a, a crossfire of my first pick. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to jump on that wagon though, because I don't think you uh, you you weren't on yet when the pick was made. So, if you want, yeah, if you want to jump on it, but, Detroit plus six and a half. Oh. <sighs> Did it. I don't know. That that, that game gave me fits. Yeah, I was going to say the Vikings shouldn't be six and a half point favorites. I have the Lions, what? but I I also am just thinking to myself, isn't everybody in the pool going to be on the line? So I almost feel like the Vikings are a 
I can get a freebie. If, if for some reason they cover that spread, that's a plus one at the end of the year that nobody else will have in the pool. Uh, Six and a half. I, I think of all the lines, that one might be my least favorite, though. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why are they almost a touchdown against a team that's been a covering machine? Right. And, you know, it's, too, it's, yeah. it's indoors. Like, it's not like there's a weather factor here. Lions play indoors. This game is indoors in, in Minnesota. Like, and, and like yeah. I said, I don't short, short week for the Vikings and playing yeah. in the 1 o'clock slot after a Monday night game. I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of weird things in this, like that just didn't seem to totally add up to why that. And I, and I'm not even saying Minnesota doesn't win the game, but like, I also think, if, and this is what I was saying, Kaz, if that game was four and a half, like I would have still thought Detroit might have been a good play. And six, they're live. They're, they're live in the game. I mean, just like we talked about my uh, the Miami game, it's like I could definitely see the Lions winning the game outright. So why would I not just take the points? I think I'll right. probably flip to Detroit. Um, there is something about Kirk Cousins wildly being better during the day. Though. It's like, what if he just throws four touchdowns and looks like a great... I mean, <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous because you just saw him throw up all over himself against Philly, but like, there is a world where he goes out there and throws four touchdowns and 350 yards and we're like, uh, yep. Kirk Cousins is in the MVP conversation again because it's like, he does this. You know, he, this is who he is. And right. I don't know if the Lions have the secondary to contain Jefferson. That's I, I think that's where I my hesitation came with this one is that Vegas is telling me that they think Minnesota is so much better than Detroit. Why? Right. What part of the what part of the game is Minnesota seven points better than Detroit? And it's the passing offense versus Detroit's secondary. That has to be it. Um, and so that's really what the spread comes down to. It's either you're fading cousins or you're buying back in on Kirk throwing for 300 yards and a bunch of TDs uh, and then doing right. games or first day. Last question, real quick. I hate to steal the host, Mike. 49ers minus one and a half in Denver, Sunday night football. Is that a slap in the face or is that a realistic, like we should bet the Broncos because they there's no way they lose? I think uh, I in doing my chopping up of the least sexy sides. I think Denver might be in the bottom three of least sexy. I mean, how many times can we talk about Hackett and how bad of a coach he is? Um, if he could just get out of his own way, I think we have a lot. You know, I actually got in a, in a conversation with someone on Twitter in the offseason who thought the Niners were two games better than the, the Broncos. I, I disagree strongly about that opinion. Yeah. Um, I think these are even teams. I'll take the points. I don't love taking my own team, but if you remove Hackett from the equation, let's just say he doesn't exist. And I know he does. I think Denver has to be favored by two points. So you're telling me that the coach, the coach is so bad that he swung the line three and a half points, which I don't disagree with. I think, I think that's really pretty reasonable, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. You're the Broncos fan, Coulter. I mean, like we've been watching it. The gaps that Hackett are making are not just like bad. They are... Yeah, they could cost us bad. the season. Yeah, yeah. And this is another one where I might, I might flip back onto the Niners. Uh, I took the Broncos because I just, I do I think the Broncos have the better. I think we have the better team. I really do. Uh, and I do. The, the yeah. key, key thing is, if, is if Judy and, and PS two play. I don't see Ayuk being a difference maker down the field uh, in Denver with the altitude getting guarded by PS2. So I think that element of their offense is completely nullified. Kittle's obviously still kind of lingering with an injury. So I just think their offense is kind of flat. They don't have depth at running back. They just have Jeff Wilson Jr. We've shut down the run so far pretty well as a defense. I just, where do the Niners score in the game? 
um, is my concern. And then again, 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 it goes back to that. It's like, can we score yeah. more than 16 fucking What are points you guys scoring? Exactly. The Broncos aren't scoring points. I mean, I was on the Texans last week because I think, like I said earlier, they're, they're my sleeper dog team this year. But there were some things, and I was watching that game. There were some times when I literally was have to ask myself, like, what the fuck is Hack is doing? I mean, he blew all his timeouts with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like, just come again, again, the second week in a row. Yeah. I wish I could say that was the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this has got to bite you in the ass sometime. And I actually think having Jimmy G back makes that Niners team a little bit better right now. I think. But, but, but Kaz, this is not con- that has to concern you. Everybody is going to be going on the Niners side. You have the anti-hacking yeah, yeah. vitriol, which I get, I get, but it, it's it's excessive at this point. Even and I'm a Bronco fan. I think the guy's way out of his element. I think he's a boob, but it's excessive at this point. It's too much. And then the Jimmy Garoppolo love, as I just identified, you take out Ayuk, you you have to move Debo back in because you don't have the Kittle. And you don't have any sort of running game. You just have Jeff Wilson Jr. You have no other running backs. And that they just uh, brought up Marlon Mack. I mean, they just don't have depth at that position. So Samuel is going to be asked to do what he did last year, where he's like a hybrid player. They just don't have a vertical passing offense. And hell, I don't think Garoppolo looked that great against Seattle. And Seattle has two rookie cornerbacks. We have potentially the best cornerback in the NFL. I know that seems a bit drastic in PS2. And like, we have some good guys around him. Like, I just don't think they're going to pass very much. I mean, Garoppolo... 60 QBR, he had one TD against, I think, a very average Seattle defense. And I, I know he came in in relief, but I mean, 13 of 21, that doesn't really impress me that much, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the Debo thing, I guess, scares me. He ran wild against uh, Seattle, and he'll get his against us, I'm sure. But I think if we limit their big pass plays, which I think we will, it really means it's it comes down to Debo and Jeff Wilson beating us on the ground. And I've liked what I've seen for our run defense so far. I have yeah. to trust my gut. I have to trust my gut that this our Bronco roster is better than San Francisco. I said it in the in the offseason when I was chatting with this fool who thought the Niners were two wins better than the Broncos. Uh, I know our coach sucks, but I, I just, you know. I, and then there's the overreaction thing. I, everyone's boning San Francisco now that they've got Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy's great, but, I mean, he's not Tom Brady. No, that's fair. I'm just uh, until Hackett shows me that they can put up a a decent offensive performance. <laughs> I mean, I can't take them. If this was if this was a three and a half line, I'm on the Broncos. One and a yeah. half is just not enough for me to back them. And like again, Denver's a tough place to play. We all know it. But like, if they can just piece together enough on offense, where I don't see where the Broncos are scoring. I just I know they've got explosive potential players there. But they pay, they're paying their quarterback, they're paying their quarterback $57 million this year. <laughs> if they don't have any fucking offense, this team's invested more fucking money in picks and offense than you could ever imagine. That's the one thing I thought, yeah. that's why this, this game to me felt like the Broncos should win this game. And I, and I, I, I'm not going to change. I don't think I'm on the Broncos. Uh, I just can't believe they're a home dog. Like that to me says Vegas is like, no. Like we do, like we have no faith in this guy being able to win a game. Like to me, that's a money line play. It's like this is a money line kind of bet. Like right, I mean, it's one and a half. It's I mean, it's yeah. as close as you can get other than a point five. But like, I don't know. This this the line is telling me that I should probably take San Francisco. My my brain is telling me I don't know how the Broncos lose the game. And it, so it's like 
I'm going to take the Broncos, but I, I'm, my brain's in a pretzel on this one, and I do not understand a lot of the things that have happened this week as it relates to people's mood about the 49ers and people's mood about the Broncos, but Vegas is sitting there saying, like, no, people are right. I don't know. Makes sense. They ran a tight end reverse on third and I think two. <laughs> Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy Quince, and they ran a tight end reverse on third. I do two. like the tight end. I do like the tight end. What I don't understand about all the, the shit that he's doing is like <laughs> when we hired him, what made him such an appealing hire was like he resurrected or he made that Blake Bortles offense look competent down in Jacksonville. And then he really resurrected uh, this back half of Rogers career. So I was thinking, you know, hell, he made Bortles look borderline competent and they, he made Rodgers this MVP level guy again. None of that has shown to your point about the running of the tight end. When in the last three seasons in Green Bay have they done a play like that? Why are we doing something like that? Yeah. We have a guy, right. a quarterback who maybe is a tier below Aaron Rodgers but like in theory we're paying him money to not have to do that kind of a play on third down. Like we, we're not the fucking Steelers. We don't have Mitch Trubisky. We said it last week. If we're going to run a play like that we might as well just gave $10 million to Mitch Trubisky. I mean what are we doing? Right. I was well, listening like, to Mad Dog Russo, and we all love Mad Dog. He made a great point. I'm going to do my Mad Dog impression because it's cracking me up. Yes. Listen, Hackett, there's a difference between sitting in a dark room with Aaron Rodgers saying, you go here, you go here, and then being on the sideline calling the play. Okay, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. That was a great impression. You, you do the best, Mad Dog. It's just, it gets me with that. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I have to go through the numbers here too. There, there might be a Russell owns San Francisco type thing storyline too, which I'd love to to see that happen on Sunday night if if he just shines and lights them up because I feel like he's had their number in the past. Uh, Judy playing is crucial too. I mean, you look at a guy like Lockett last week; he went for over 100 yards against San Fran's secondary. I think Judy could do that again. Sutton's really connecting with with Wilson. Um, Similar to that that Vikings game that we just talked about, like I think it comes down to our vertical pass offense versus their secondary. If we can win that matchup, this, we're definitely going to cover this spread and win the game. I mean, I think if he can, if if Russ can cook, quote unquote, and get Judy the ball eight times and Sutton the ball eight times, I don't think San Francisco can keep up. I really and and your point about how many points can we score? I think if we can get to twenty, I don't think San Fran can. So, yeah. I will say one, one other quick thing. The funny thing that we've got this week is we've got something that the fans are going to be fucking pumped about. Thursday night, the over-under is 38 and a half. Monday <laughs> night, the over-under is 39. We're, we're going to see some real rock fights on national yeah. TV this week. So that's the other thing. This could be – hopefully those games will be fun. But the, the Broncos – Niners game, today's game of the week. And so I, I'm hoping for, for a fun <laughs> one. But, uh, but the lines – can you guess the highest the – highest to over under total this week. I was surprised by this too. Is it not Bill's yeah. Dolphins? It is not. Wow. Is it, would it happen to be Jaguars and Chargers? No. Is it the Lions so, Vikings? Oh, Tennessee, ten, Tennessee no. Raiders. It's Lions Vikings, 52 and a half. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was that surprised sense, by that. Though. I think that yeah. game could be wild yeah. at the end. I mean, look at the game last year that they played where, right. uh, yeah. So I know we hand out spreads and that's what we're doing in our pool here, but I was watching uh, daily wager. The under NFL so far has hit at 68%. That's wow. bananas. 
I think Vegas has realized the people that like to gamble like to bet on this, bet the over, and they just yeah. keep juicing these these overs. Um, yeah. So to see two in the thirties is kind of unprecedented. He's, I mean, I picked the I, I, prime time. <laughs> I picked I, I, my first week one of college. Uh, I had North Carolina App State over. They had a hundred points. Oh, in that game. Great play. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, oh man. But like, just some of the college games, it's crazy. You get thirty eight points in the first quarter. Yeah. Whole different ball game. Yeah, I can't wait for this weekend. Good stuff, All guys. right, gentlemen. We got some good picks here. We got some good games, some low totals. That is episode number 127 in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.